Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 136. I uh, took a, a break last week. As you guys know, if you've seen our social media accounts, we tweeted out who we were skipping last week. Um, so it's been a while since we've been on the airways kind of here. Um, and it feels like it's been a long time, to be honest with you. But we are back for episode 136. Um, first off, we would like, like to start out the episode by, obviously, anybody who's listening right now probably knows what happened a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo um, on May 14th at the Tops on Jefferson Street uh, in Buffalo, as I said. And so first off, we'd just like to, I know I tweeted it out on the account and um, you know, wanted to send all our thoughts and prayers to all the families and people who were affected by what happened um, on that day. But we wanted to come out here and say and, and, and send our condolences that way as well. Um, I wanted to read off everybody who was, um, you know, tragically killed in that event on Saturday, just as a sign of respect. So first off, RIP to Aaron, Aaron Salter, and also I apologize if I um, mispronunciate any of these names, but RIP to Aaron Salter, Andre McNeil, Celestine Shani, Geraldine Talley, Hayward Patterson, Catherine Massey, Marcus Morrison, Pearl Young, Roberta Drury, and Ruth Whitfield. Um, as I said, you know, just want to send condolences to those families and, and everybody who, who was affected by that event. Um, no one should have to live uh, with, a, with an event like that. And, and, you know, no one should have to go to the grocery store on a Saturday um, or at any time in their life and, and be worried about um, you know, someone coming in and, and having, you know, an event like that happen to them. So um, all our condolences to them. And Ethan, I don't know if you have any words to say about it. No, just, you know, echoing what you said, definitely tragic, definitely terrible uh, to hear uh, thoughts and prayers go out to all the families affected by it. Um, you know, it was, it was great to see all the bills and some of Sabres and Bandits players um, also pay tribute to a, um, to, you know, the families and into that community, um, to show their support and, you know, it shows how close knit the Buffalo community is. And, um, that's kind of the one, you know, the one positive, I think that came out of it is the, like, in the wake of all that it shows, um, shows, you know, the true colors of the city kind of. Yeah. That's also what I want to touch on is it just, you know, I mean, Buffalo is, it, it's blue collar. It's not just Buffalo, just upstate New York in general. You know, we're from Rochester and it's the same way here. And um, it, it, it's, you know, it's such a tight knit community, like you said, and it's going to be hard to break us down. And um, a hateful event like that is, you know, it's un, unnecessary, obviously. And it's just tragic, but it's only going to make us stronger. And um, it, it was something great to see. I mean, the people of Buffalo are some of the greatest people on earth. So, um, to see everybody come together and really rally behind it um, was really cool to see. Um, so, again, condolences, thoughts, and prayers to everybody affected. Um, like I said, no one should ever have to live with that. No one should ever have to go through something like that. And it was just, um, it was just absolutely awful to see that news a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, we'll move ahead. Um, and our announcement here on this podcast actually has a little bit something to do with this. But um, if you guys saw our Twitters uh, or I think I only put out like one tweet or so, or maybe a couple of tweets, maybe from one from my personal account, one from the uh, one before I die account. But um, we did have a little bit of announcement today, a little bit of an excitement, exciting announcement today. And that announcement is that we have merch finally live um, for the podcast. So um, 
if you guys have been listening for the past couple of weeks, you know that we kind of partnered with Built in Buffalo, um, a sports uh, or sorry, a Buffalo sports media uh, company and, and online social media um, brand. And, and we partnered with them. Our podcast has been on their network. You know, I'm sure some people are listening to that right now on their network. Um, so first off, I want to shout out uh, Dave Myers over at Built in Buffalo, who's really helped with get our merch on their website um, and everybody at the Built in Buffalo team that's helped with getting our um you know, one before I die podcast merchandise up and available for sale. Um, so it is on, like I said, the built in Buffalo fan shop, which is bibfanshop.com. And what we're going to do is for the first two weeks. So um, starting, I guess today, as you guys are listening to this Tuesday, the merch will be on sale um, for the first two weeks. We're going to have all the proceeds that we raise. You know, if we sell two t-shirts, a hundred t-shirts, whatever it is, all the money that we get from it, we're going to donate it to the Buffalo together community fund. Um, so I'm not sure if anybody have seen, you know, this fund that's going on online, but I saw it through, I think the bills and the Sabres both tweeted out the link to it. Um, and, and the link right now, I guess, as I'm saying it is Buffalo together fund.org. And if you go there, you can donate to the Buffalo together community fund, and you can also donate to the Buffalo, uh, 514 survivors fund. So there's obviously the, the survivors fund based on the event that happened a few weeks ago. And then the together community fund is something to help with the Buffalo community for future, um, just bring the community together for future things um, that need to be done within Buffalo. So for the next two weeks, whatever is sold, we have t-shirts, we have uh, long sleeve t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, pine glasses, whatever's sold, we're going to do 50% of the proceeds are going to go to the Buffalo together community response fund. And then the other 50% is going to go to the Buffalo 514 survivors fund. So hundred percent of the money that we get, we're going to donate right to those funds. And like I said, if you, you know, if you don't want to buy a shirt, you don't want to, you know, buy something that's completely fine, but you still want to donate. Like I said, the, the link you can go to is buffalotogetherfund.org. Um, so go over there, you know, donate if you want to buy something if you want to as well. We're super excited to have that stuff out. And so for two weeks, we're just going to, you know, send the money all that way. Um, and yeah, I think the stuff looks pretty cool. It has our logo on the front and then on the back of it for the shirts and the sweatshirts. Um, it says hashtag Buffalo strong. So uh, definitely go over to check it out. Again, it's on the bibfanshop.com, and that link will also be out on our social medias when we tweet this out. Um, and I'll also put the link to the you know the community fund there as well, so you can go and check that uh, link out. But um, that's our little announcement for today, Ethan. I don't know if you had anything to add to that, but oh yeah, go check it out. Get a T-shirt, uh, and yeah, donate even if you don't want a T-shirt. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so just those announcements to start out the episode. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think we're, you know, just getting right back in the swing of things. Like I said, we had the week off and with just doing one episode a week, whenever we take a week off, it feels like forever. Cause then you got two weeks in between, um, you know, recording. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. We'll get into the topics of the episode as we usually do. Um, first off bill's schedule it was released and i know it feels like an eternity ago because like i said we did skip last week and we were going to talk about that last week um but the bill schedule was released two weeks ago i'll have that pulled up here in a second we'll kind of go over that i know ethan and i both said two weeks ago on our other uh podcast that we like kind of going over the schedule looking at the primetime games looking at the different matchups you know what jumps out to us on the page that kind of thing um just kind of running through that a little bit and then also, as we've been away, the NHL playoffs is, have been rolling on. So um, the first round is over into the second round. Second round is actually kind of sneaky, coming to a close here pretty soon. We'll kind of hint at that. And then 
also Calder Cup playoffs. So with NHL playoffs and hockey, you still have the Amherst rolling on. You know, maybe a team that a lot of people, you know, AHL fans might not think that the Amherst were going to roll on. Well, they're still here fighting. And uh, I believe we're in the, what, semifinals for the conference right now. We win this, we go to the conference finals. We win that, go to the Calder Cup. So Amherst are rolling on. And I guess we can uh, chat about that a little bit. It's, uh, it's a little bit tough to watch those games because you have to buy like the AHL package every day for like nine bucks if you want to watch one game. So I haven't been able to, you know, watch a ton of them, but I think once it swings back around to Rochester um, in this conference semifinals, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, catch a game at the blue cross arena. Um, but I think that's about it. Uh, there wasn't, you know, too much. I know we, like I said, uh, you know, how we took the week off, there wasn't too much over the past two weeks, you know, within Buffalo sports. Uh, it's kind of getting to those dog days of summer, right, where, uh, you know, the Sabres have obviously been long gone. The NHL playoffs will be over pretty soon. And, um, you know, the closest thing coming up besides maybe the NHL draft would be just preseason Bills football and, and training camp and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It seems like, you know, teams are starting to get back to their workouts and whatever. But, it, you know, it is getting that slower time of year, and we'll probably try to have some fun with our episodes. Um, but I don't know. You want to start with the schedule, Ethan? I think there was probably yeah. one big announcement with it, right? Which happened, you know, the day before the schedule was released or, or maybe a couple hours released before, but it's confirmed we're playing the first game of the NFL season. So I think that's probably the biggest news. Yeah. And I was blatantly wrong. I think in our last episode when I, yeah. <laughs> I said, it sounded like that the bills weren't going to be in that game. I did send you my evidence though, where I got that right. And you, you like, I wasn't just pulling that out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Yeah. I saw someone, respond to him be like oh it looks like the you know bills will have her home game and yeah I, I you sent it to me i saw what you were you know looking at yeah so i mean that's cool i don't know like history what when was the last time the bills played in that game the first game of the season yeah i couldn't tell you i have no idea like i don't even know how long they've been doing this thursday nighter to start the season with the super bowl uh champion but i mean i, I you know not in our lifetime i think so pretty cool um, get to go out, they'll, you know, be out in LA, kind of a, you know, homecoming for Von Miller, some storylines there. Yeah, that was definitely a, a big factor into why this game happened. I, I'd assume as well, right? As soon as we signed him, they're probably like, all right, let's get the bills on the horn here. Yeah. hundred percent. And also, I mean, the bills chiefs game last year was probably the best game of the playoffs. So I think it, it was a lock for either the bills or the chiefs, I think to start that game versus the Rams. Um, kind of be like maybe what should have been the Super Bowl matchup either of those teams instead of the Bengals. You know, not to hit on the Bengals, but does the, do the Chiefs even play the Rams this year at all? That's a good point. Maybe they don't. <laughs> but also, I think you know the Chiefs have kind of also been slammed down everybody's throat the last couple of years because of Patrick Mahomes. Right? They're always you know they won the Super Bowl, so they are in this game and. I think the Bills are like the trendy team now, so I think it was a good yeah, matchup. Well, well, that that's one thing I'll say. You know, over the past, I don't know, since maybe Josh Allen became Josh Allen, maybe two two years ago when he you know really stepped it up and became a household name. And I feel like maybe we you know we were part of this, but I feel like a lot of Bills fans, majority of Bills fans, um, you know, they love to say you know Josh is not getting his respect, right? That's always a big thing in Buffalo is like we're never getting the respect we deserve and. Um, you know, Allen's better than people think. And, you know, why isn't he here? Why isn't he there? Why aren't we getting this? Like, 
I don't want to tell you now, but if you're a Bills fan, you still think that like there's no way like like you just said about Patrick Mahomes being like shoved down people's throats. I think like and this is coming from a Bills fan. I think like the Bills are being pushed very largely across yeah. all media. Like Josh Allen is everywhere, right? It's like any like show you go on, they're talking about him. They're power ranked as like the best team going into football. So I mean, hey, this Scary. is what we wish for, right? This is what we wish for. And yeah, if you're a Bills fan who was always like, "Where's our respect? Where's our respect?" Well. I think right now, and I'm not saying it's not deservingly so, like I think Josh Allen and the Bills and, you know, obviously I'm a fan of them, but I, I think rightfully so they've been great and, and, and they've been, you know, a top team in the league. But, hey, this is what we asked for, right? Like they're getting all the spotlight. They're getting all the primetime games, Thanksgiving again this year. So, I mean, you, you know, you people out there asking for the respect, well, here it is. So I guess we got to, you know, perform up to that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we always talk about expectations, right? Like – expectations are the are the sky at this point i mean you thought they were high last year or the year before i mean this is <laughs> it's super bowl this is a super bowl or bust type of year honestly yeah. um so yeah i mean highlight obviously kick off the season on the uh the thursday night game in la and then the other thing that uh highlighting this this schedule is we talked about two weeks ago we did uh predictions on primetime games Right, you set the line at five and a half, which I said was like a real good line. Um, yeah. I'm looking at it, and it looks like we have five, six if you include. Yeah, see, there's a gray area, right? Because of that Chiefs game. Chiefs game? No, 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 no. I'm I'm looking at so the, the primetime games. You got the the opener in LA, home opener in Monday night against Tennessee, Thursday night uh, at New England is three right wait so i'm looking at i'm looking at the bills instagram post right now and and the oh, caption sorry. on may 13th that's a lot of primetime games and so i'm assuming these are what they're considering primetime games i have the rams week one the titans week two the yep. packers week eight sorry yep i missed that one the lions week 12 they're considering thanksgiving as a prime that's time the one game. i don't know i wouldn't consider that i don't know but if it's thanksgiving that. they're all pro- what do you mean yeah i guess if you I play mean, on thanksgiving it's prime time 100 percent there's okay. no gray area there. And then there, then New England week 13, Bengals week 17. And then, so they're not even including the Chiefs game, which is not technically primetime, but it's like a nationally televised 430 game. So, so how many did I just, that, that's like six or seven right there. If you include, if you don't include the Chiefs, I don't, I don't consider the, like, that's just, that's just going to be the CBS game of the week, right? So okay. that's going to be well, the national. Yeah, I would consider it six. I was gonna say I, I wasn't even including Detroit at first, but I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. If you play on Thanksgiving, there's only two. There's only three games on Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the noon game, but sure. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> probably stomp Detroit. I mean, if that awesome. if that isn't prime time, I don't know what prime time is. Playing on when there's only three games on the day. So either way, I mean, my line was like spot on because if right. you're getting gray on that then it would be five or six and then it's you know you said five and a half yeah so there it is but it looks like yeah. it's six games yeah and i mean to start primetime primetime is like when was the last time the bills did that too like that's awesome um we'll be live at that monday night home opener that might be one of the craziest home openers in bill's history honestly depending yeah. on obviously I mean, if, if win or lose, it's still going to be crazy. But if they beat L.A. and going into that game, it's going to be insane. Yeah, 
I mean, home opener, I, I don't know what the stats are on home openers prime time in the last 20 years, right? You're talking about when's the last time the Bills played in the first NFL game of the season. I don't know when the last time their home opener was on prime time. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a good one. Excited to be there. Um, anything else hop out to you on the schedule? I mean, I'm looking at it here. Um, well, I mean, it's just – it's going to be a tough start to the season. I mean, you only have through – through the first four weeks, there's only one home game. Uh, oh, then we, to, real quick, sorry. We also play on Christmas Eve, which is like new this year. Yeah, that's that's right. Because Christmas falls on a on a Sunday, so I'm guessing they're doing like only a select games on Christmas Day. Yeah, probably like a it's like a Saturday Sunday special. Yeah, thing. that's gonna be sick though. Just basically yeah. football all weekend on yeah. Christmas weekend. Um, but no, what I was saying, the thing that jumps out to me is the start of the year. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal. I mean. Three out of the four first four weeks are away, right? So the only home game in September is week two. Um, and you have to go to L.A. You have to play at Miami, which there should be much better. And then you have to go to Baltimore. Um, you know, that could, be a, that could be a two and two start, honestly, if all things, all things considered there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you'd, like to, you'd like to at least come out of there three and one. You're playing in Kansas City again. When like is the, are the Chiefs ever going to play in Buffalo? It seems like we're always playing at Kansas City. We play. They played in Buffalo, uh, not last year, but the year before. But doesn't it seem like we're always at Kansas City? Because <laughs> they always have the better record than us. So in the playoffs, we're always traveling to them. <laughs> well, I mean, we just it seems like we're always at Kansas City. But whatever, we'll go to. <laughs> yeah, Kansas we got to flip the script this year. Make them come to the Ralph in February. Um, Halloween weekend hosting green Bay on Sunday night. That's going to be electric. So we're all, we're just playing on all the holidays. Well, I mean, everybody's going to play on that. Su- that's just a Sunday game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's played on the Halloween weekend, bro. Um, yeah. I mean, and then, and then you, like you were saying, it sucks. The thing that sucks for me personally is that the Chicago games on Christmas Eve. So I'm going to be probably be home and not be able to go to the sh- the game in Chicago, which sucks, but um, yeah. Yeah, that is what it is, I guess. Um, what, so what hopped out to me, yeah, so I, I mean, I agree with all that. Um, what I always like to look at is is the Miami split. So it looks like we have Miami, you know, early on, like you said, um, in Miami when it's warm out, they're going to have to be coming to us in, in, in December. So that's always something to look at, right? The warm teams yep. traveling to us later in the year. So uh, the, the home game versus Miami is uh, December 17th or 18th. I'm looking at, I guess it's TBD, week 15. Um, so I like to look at that. Um, but other than that, there's no other warm weather teams that we play. Like literally no other, other than weather. Miami, other than Miami, I guess, Tennessee in LA, but those are first two weeks of the season. It's going to be warm anywhere. I mean, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas city, like these are all like hard nose. Well, Minnesota, three. Minnesota plays inside. So I don't really consider them like a hard nose, cold weather team, green Bay, Minnesota. Yeah, I guess so. But Minnesota, yeah. I mean, they play inside. I mean, Minnesota is still brick, but. Um, Cleveland, Detroit. I mean, right. These are all teams that are, there's no really like Southern, like no Tampa or anything. I don't know. That just kind of, I guess, hopped out on the page to me as I'm looking at it. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the start could be a little bit of a grueling start with three games on the road out of four. Um, and then, you know, like you said, doesn't get easier. You got Kansas city right there. If you had to pick like one easy stretch of the season, I don't know if it's, re- there's really an easy stretch. I think last year, maybe there was like that three or four games in a row where you called it murderers row, where it was, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, jets, Jack well, we ended up losing to the Jaguars. Yeah, ended up losing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there's anything really like that. It, it seems pretty spread out here, where there's like pretty good teams 
that we're gonna have to face all year and um yeah i mean i'm gonna be interested to see it's weird like this happened this happened last year and it happened again this year where we don't really play new england until later in the year yeah right and we this year we don't play new england until week 13 and then we play them again the last week of the season in week 18 so we're kind of getting like both both times we get to kind of know what new england is when we face them you know yeah, and i think i think the nfl almost likes to like set it up that way for division rivals or at least the past couple of years with the bills and the patriots because like you know how every year in the nfl where it comes to the end of the season and you always look back at the first like two or three weeks of the season you can and there's always like two or three or four games that you're like how did this result even happen and it's like teams haven't figured themselves out yet you know they don't really you know did they have the right guy playing here like i mean we lost to the steelers week one like there's always something weird that happens within the first few weeks by having the bills and the patriots play not until week 13 then the last week of the season like both teams are going to be figured out completely by then like i think they they want those games to be you know best versus best not necessarily trying to figure stuff out so I think that's kind of like where that comes from. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that for the foreseeable future. Now, a lot of people have, you know, New England being one of the worst teams in the AFC East this year. Um, I mean, that's a conversation for another time, but like, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that, that's also something to look at. Like I was that. talking to my, some of my buddies from college who are uh, big Patriots fans. Some of them are saying that they're projecting them to be fourth in the AFC East this year. A lot, I've seen a lot of that. You're saying your buddies are projecting that? Yeah, that our Patriots fans are like, wow, I think we're finishing really? fourth in the, That's a in first, the division this year. Yeah, they're just I, not they're not high on the team at all. Because, wow. I mean, Miami's gotten a lot better, right? Like, they still have yeah. Tua, but outside of Tua, they got a lot better. I mean, they got Tyreek Hill. Um, you, you had a guy like that, obviously your offense is going to go, you know, to be way better than what they were last year. He's a difference maker. New York, the Jets, they had a really good draft. Um, and I know like we always talk about like the draft, get, the, the draft gets graded and like before these guys even play, but like on paper, they had a really good draft. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think they just, they just seem to be a little bit more athletic, a little bit more trending upwards than the Patriots right now, where the Patriots mm-hmm. just seem kind of like slow. I, I don't know why, you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, they well, I mean, if Zach Wilson can like be good, like we still don't really know if Zach Wilson's good. If he is like that completely changes everything about the Jets. Yeah. It's like, and I mean, pa- Josh Patriots Allen's still don't really, have like, like we didn't know. they don't really have a playmaker on offense, right? Like they don't have like, who's the, re- did they get a receiver this year? I haven't seen them sign any receivers. No, I mean, I don't know. I think they maybe drafted one or two, Um, but no, I mean, Everybody, I mean, that that's true. I mean, that's what's been said in the media. Everyone's saying, you know, the Dolphins and the Jets had a really good offseason. They got better. Um, Patriots didn't really do much. It, it just comes out I'll, of I'll say this. I'll say this again, and it, it we got to start getting away. I don't know where you are at yet still with this, but it's still just the Patriots aura, I think, that scares people more than anything. And I think that we're starting to realize here that they're just, you know, simply not good and, and Bill Belichick's presence isn't going to carry them to championships anymore. Like you have to have good players and yeah, I mean, and, but and the it's thing is getting, it's, it's getting to a point where it's like, we got to stop being like, you know, this almighty franchise after it's been like, you know, a few years removed from that whole thing. Right. But I mean, the thing is they, they were still a playoff team last year with basically the same rosters they have this year. Right. So you still kind of have to give them that respect, but I mean, you I just think the, the season out. 
Yeah, I just think the entire AFC got significantly better. Like we talk about the AFC, it's stacked. I know, but the thing is, this is what always happens, right? Like how many? And again, I know, I know, I'm doing exactly what you're talking about, the Bill Belichick aura. But everybody in the off season, like all these reporters, like to say how like these teams got better. We we've heard it about the Bills before, Josh Allen, right? Like when they were got Tyrod, some people would be like, "Oh, it's the Bill. The Bills are a sleeper this year," and we end up going like seven and nine, right? Like it's you got to play the games and until the jets it's it's like the bills right the bills had a few seasons to prove like they're a force in the afc now the jets until you prove it on the field i'm just still not gonna be able to take you seriously and the patriots until you consistently don't make the playoffs then i will stop taking you seriously you get what i'm saying like yeah yeah, the the patriots still made the playoffs last year no no no, 100 but i'm not even talking i'm not talking about the division i'm talking about every other team in the afc I'm not talking about the Jets and the Dolphins. They still have to prove. I'm talking about like teams like the Raiders that that did prove they made the playoffs last year, right? But, yeah, like, yeah. They got way better. Like the the Chargers are clearly the way now that they have Herbert. Yeah, Broncos got a good quarterback in it. Like there's other yeah. teams with outside the division that yeah. got significant. The thing is though, the thing is though, the AFC West is an absolute gauntlet. That might be the best division in the history of the NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're going to have off to play each other twice. Right. So I just don't see a reality where all those teams make the playoffs. I think I one of those three teams, though, I, yeah, I could see three in the new format now that seven teams from the conference make it, but to have all that entire division, make it. And that means no other wild card would come from any other division. I just don't know mathematically if that would even work. Right. And all these teams right. are going to beat up on each other. It's going to be crazy to see that one of those teams, like how stacked they are on paper is not going to make the playoffs. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, anything which, else? Which means, schedule? like, I think the AFC East is, I think it might be the weakest division in the AFC. Outside of the, like, for, I'm talking about top to bottom, right? Like, the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites, but if you look at from, like, a top to bottom, like, the AFC West is easily number one. Mm-hmm. I'd put, probably put the AFC North number two. Mm-hmm. Now that you got, I mean, if Deshaun Watson plays and he is what he is, like, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, right? So he's going to be good. And that, t- that roster is already pretty good. Um, we already know that the Ravens are a playoff team if Lamar is healthy. And, I mean, the Bengals were the AFC reigning champions. So, it's like that that division's stacked. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing. The only other div- – what, the Jacksonville – The South. Titans, Texans. Yeah, I mean, that one, that one might be the worst, honestly. <laughs> who's, the, who's the fourth team in that division? The Colts. And the Colts who are pretty good. So I'd say you have two better. I, I would say the Colts and the Titans, you know, being in that division, maybe take the cake over the Patriots. Well, yeah, Patriots, Dolphins, or Jets. I don't know. Like, again, it all comes down to, I guess, how much better the Jets and the Dolphins actually got. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It's just it's just that when you throw divisions in there, it throws a wrench because you're not playing the same schedule. But if you rank these teams, like, just – in the AFC, I don't think the Patriots even sniff the top seven. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like I would put them probably like ten to twelve. I'm guessing. I didn't even. I didn't even write them down. Right. Um, all right. So there's a little May, late May, uh, NFL talk for you. Anything else on the schedule for the Bills? Um, the Monday night game in Saint, in Cincinnati, Week 17, could be real big implications on like playoff seating i think yeah i'll say this real quick this is my like i guess hot take of the year 
you could call it maybe some people don't think it's as hot or whatever. I don't think the Bengals are going to be nearly as good this year. So if you want a gambling tip, I'm going to take the under in Cincinnati Bengals total wins this season for regular season. Um, I think they maybe caught a little lightning in the bottle last year. I think they're still good, but again, the AFC is super tough and I don't know if they're going to compete as well. You can never count Joey Burrow out, but I just watch out for them to not be as good as they were this year. And obviously that's pretty easy to say because they went to the Super Bowl last year. So no matter what they do, if they don't go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's probably worse. But I'm saying like t- like on the tier of playoffs, non-playoffs, um, I don't know. I'm watching out for that. Um, but yeah, that should be a, a good one if they, I don't know, do live up to their, you know, Super Bowl expectations. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else on the schedule. But again, exciting for the Rams game and uh, the, the, you know, the season opener. And then, of course, the home opener should be fun that we're all at as well. Um, before we move on to Amherst or NHL talk, did you want to talk about this John Feliciano clip at all? I thought it was kind of an interesting clip. Did you listen to it? Yeah, but I mean, we could talk about it quickly. I, I kind of just brushed it off because he just sounded like an idiot. But I know. Well, that's why I want to. I, I was baffled. I'll, I'll play the clip quick. January. Um, can you describe how you felt in Kansas City? I mean, heartbreak. I, I don't even know if I'm over it, to be honest. But uh, because you probably wanted to be more involved and you know maybe the uh, the run is coming to an end for you, I would imagine maybe a mix of emotions. Can you describe how you felt in the locker room after the game? Um, I mean, to be honest, I was like, hmm, I don't know. But I mean, I was definitely like sad for my my player my my, my teammates. Um, I did what I can on the sideline. I, I don't like. I was coaching up people. I was every time Gabe scored, I was on his hip. I was like, I'm there for you. Um, but I mean, you can't lie. There's a part of me that wasn't like, oh, y'all got what you deserved. Because you know, I feel like I want I would have been. I, I honestly, when you look back at that game, there wasn't. It was like they were playing football. I mean, there wasn't no like. Everyone was just going through the motions, as in, like, not like there wasn't anyone like challenging, like, in the face of the KC's defense, or like, there was no attitude out there. I feel like, and I feel like that's what I bring. And I feel like potentially, if there was that, it would have been such a close game. But who knows? I might be wrong. Okay, so that's the clip there. Um, from John Feliciano, he was on some podcasts and, and that's what he said after being asked about the Kansas City Bills game, the AFC divisional round. I mean, what the heck is going through this guy's mind? I, I don't understand. I don't understand anywhere where, first of all, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the end of that clip real quick where he said like no one was playing. There wasn't, uh, he, he was like fumbling over his words. He didn't even really know how to say it, but he was saying no one was playing football or getting in the fit. This is widely regarded as one of the best football games of all time. I mean, Right, like this is one of the most entertaining games. There was touchdown after touchdown. I don't know what the what are you talking about the physicality, and then what are you saying? You got what y'all deserve. Like I, I don't understand that mindset, and it was just kind of honestly like shocking to hear because he was kind of a fan favorite. I think when he was here, he was obviously salty the way everything went down. He kind of got benched. He got Wally pipped. Now he's out of here, and he seems like that. If he was playing, I guess we would have, you know, won that game and. I don't know. It was just an interesting, you know. Well, sound. he acted like he was like the X Factor. Right. It was, yeah, it was just extremely weird. And it was also weird that he wasn't cheering us on. Right. Like, he's like, I'm excited for my teammates, but 
on the what on the sidelines he's sitting there like hoping we lose that's just like such a weird weird thing to be going yeah. through during an AFC divisional game and a, and a crazy game too like um well he, he's it's also I think he hasn't realized that he's probably well he is like past his prime right he he was healthy and he was still sitting because Bates was better than him and that was just a fact like our offensive line got way better when Bates started playing guard Right. We talked yeah. about that. We, the offensive line was a problem at the beginning of the year. And then it turned, it turned it around as soon as we put Bates in there, it seemed like. So right. it's not like we weren't lacking physical guard play to win us that game. We were lacking the ability to shave 13 seconds off a clock from the defense and then we would win the football game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, and aside from his play, what, what jumped out to me is just like, when someone says something like that in the realm of sports like that, that to me is like LeBron esque where it's like as a player, like John Feliciano, where, you know, benched or not benched or whatever the case may be, if you're a good teammate, you're going to support your guy. Like he probably, you probably should be like supporting Bates, like trying to do whatever you can, regardless if you're playing or not to help the team. And just basically for him, like he was like grinning when he was like talking about this, basically saying he was like, he's basically saying he's happy the Bills lost because he wasn't playing. I mean, that's just kind of a crazy move to say. Yeah. A terrible teammate move. Um, not a guy you want to have around. And, and it, it was, like I said, shocking because I feel like he was good friends with a lot of the guys while he was there, but it just kind of proves it's almost like Jack Eichel, right? Where it's like, if he can't be the man, he, you know. He yeah. He doesn't want, want in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's John Feliciano wild clip of the week. Um, and I guess we'll move on from, from Bill's talk. There's nothing really else that came about over the past couple of weeks. Um, moving on to NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs have been pretty good. I mean, the, I know when we talked about them a few weeks ago, and I was kind of, I wouldn't say complaining because I was saying I was still enjoying them, but I was definitely talking about how there was a ton of blowouts. Ever since then, I mean, the, the end of the first round was crazy. Like There was like a million game sevens. There was like five game sevens, I think. Three on Saturday, three on, two on Sunday. Like just one after the other. Um Quick shout out. This is what I want to say. Actually, I don't even need to talk about these games other than to shout out the the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know, listen, it, there's no Leafs fans listening to this, so I, I'm not worried about <laughs> offending anyone. But I know you guys played a great series. It, you know, you played the defending champions. It wasn't like you just completely flopped when you did last year against the Canadians, um, or you know, the five other years before that. You were playing a good team who won the Cup back to back years, and you took them to seven games. You know good job, but you still haven't won a playoff series since 2004. So that was just hilarious to watch um, after a depleting Tampa Bay team who's like hurt and banged up and, and, and played the most hockey games over the past two years in NHL history. Um, and they just can't get by the first round. And it just gives us another hope, another year of hope that the Sabres might be able to sneak out a playoff series victory before the Leafs do since 2004. And I know that's still very slim chances, but it gave us that extra year and it went to game seven and they still couldn't get over the hump. Um, so I just had to, you know, get that off my chest because it will never get old watching the Toronto Maple Leafs not make it past the first round, no matter what year it is. Oh, this is our year. It, it's just comical. Um, so that was the, probably the best thing I saw from round one of the NHL playoffs. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the Leafs are an absolute joke. They're, they're they're a franchise that prides themselves on re, on the regular season at this point, right? Like, what did what what's the difference between the Sabers and the Leafs at this point? Besides that, the Sabers just lose a, you know a week or two earlier than they do, right? right? 
And, <laughs> and that's not, and that's not crazy to say. Like, I know people might hear that and, and think like, Oh, Buffalo homers. It, and I get it. You want to make the playoffs and, and they're a way better team than us. Sure. But you, but, you, but are they, when it, but when it comes down to it, they still haven't won a playoff series since 2004. So like you said, it, it, it's what, like, what makes what makes them a better like what makes them a better team than us at this point they have better individual players like austin matthews is probably well, i just meant like their the regular heart. season i just meant like the regular sure, season they have a better regular season better. but like, that was the best regular season in their franchise okay history, but nobody cares about the regular season right like you're a loser if that's what you talk about the sabers won the president's trophy what in 2006 and it's like do we even talk about that we talk about losing to the con that we in that season we talk about losing in the conference finals of carolina it's the regular season means absolutely nothing. So for, I don't they They are not like, they're not that much better than the Sabres at this point. If they can't even win a playoff series, the say, like you were saying, the Sabres have won a playoff series more recently than the Leafs three. have three, three. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think they were all in the same year or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, no, I mean, all, all I guess what I was trying to say is like, it's not like for like people, some people might be out there, and if you say that as a stat, they might be like, oh, well, they still make the playoffs. Like, no, but it's not that different. Like, they don't advance past the first round, so it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. Um, so that was the first round. Second round, um, I mean, it's going pretty it, – it's it's some pretty good series here going on. I mean, the Edmonton-Calgary series is an absolute – you have no idea what's going to happen any given night there. What, there was 13 or uh, 15 total goals scored in the first game. Calgary like collapsed in the second game and they absolutely got blown out in the third game. Um, I mean, you have Tampa who's about to sweep Florida. You have Calgary or sorry, Colorado, St. Louis, where there's some drama going on and some conspiracies about Kadri and Bennington. And, you know, if he meant to run them over whatnot. And then, and then what's the other? Oh, the Rangers series who I guess, I don't know. That one's just, it's a good series. There's not really as much drama. Yeah, But there was some extracurriculars at the end of that game too. Yeah, I did see some extracurriculars there. So I don't know. It's it's getting good. It's getting good, right? This is I mean, all, all of these of the series. Year. I mean, three. Sorry, three out of the four series are very chippy at this point, right? You have the Bennington drama in the Avalanche series. You have Lucic running Mike Smith in the Calgary uh, Edmonton series. Mm-hmm. That was like flashbacks to when Lucic ran Ryan Miller, <laughs> scumbag. Do you um, think that? Do you think that Lucic like meant to run Smith there? Well, I, I don't know, but I mean, Lucci, you, you just gotta, it's, it's like with any, any of these players, it's like, why, why are they talking about Kadri so much? It's because all these guys have history, right? So it's like, if you do these things repeatedly, like you have this target on your back and you have this reputation at this point. Right. So I don't know. It's just like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice or the opposite. I always miss that saying, that. but um, I just, that that game or that series is just crazy, right? Like those teams hate each other. Lucic run like that that adds drama. And then the ending of the Rangers Hurricanes game last time, you you saw uh, Domi like slashing uh, the the Rangers players when you know when the game was in the bag. Did you see that and everything? Yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. And then you got them talking about how they're going to run all these players the next game. Reeves is like, I'm going to take a run at these guys, and so like, like you have all- Reeves, you'll be on yeah. the ice for one minute. <laughs> yeah. But, and then you look at this Panthers lightning series, which if you go into this, I would probably put that as like the one that I would be most excited to watch. I thought, you know, the battle of Florida two like high power offenses, right? Like Florida is 
everybody talks about their offense, right? Because they their defense is what's sketchy. And these guys can't even score a goal, and they're getting absolutely worked by Tampa. Tampa is showing why they're the Kings, and they're doing it without Braden Point, which is even more impressive. Yeah. Vasilevsky's an absolute tank. He's just he's he's the best, goalie, the best goalie in the hockey. league. Like yeah. anybody who says that you know Shesterkin or anybody else is better than him is just absolutely wrong. Like maybe Shesterkin had a better again, maybe had a better regular season, but when the chips are down, Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the league. He's the one that's going to win you these games. Um, and so that series has been kind of a snooze fest, honestly. I mean, the Lightning have kind of worked. Uh, well, the the, the last Florida. game was crazy though. Um, or sorry, not the last game, the game two. I, I didn't get to watch much of it. I saw the ending, though, where they scored with literally three seconds left to win. That was just the most deflating yeah. thing for Panthers fans of all time. And I will say, I absolutely love seeing the Panthers lose like this. And it has no, this has nothing to do, you know, people may think, oh, like, you don't like Reinhardt. Like, I, I have no problems with Reinhardt. I actually like Reinhardt. I just hate the Panthers organization in general. You watch any of these games, they, they don't have home ice advantage. Like, it, the, this, the games are, libra- it's a, like a library when they play at home. And it, it it adds nothing to the Panthers when they play at home. Like they have no home ice advantage. I mean, Tampa went in there. The place was like like a preseason game. I don't know. I just like seeing Florida lose, especially coming off a Presidents Cup season where literally everybody. I said this when we were talking about the first round. Everybody in the media is picking them to go to the Cup final. You know, Presidents Trophy team like the easiest pick, right? All chalk. Like they think they're just a, this wagon of a team. And it's like you haven't won in the playoffs yet. There's no experience there. Tampa's just like rolling all over them. So I, I do like to see the Panthers lose. I, I don't know what it is, but I, something about them I don't like other than just them, you know, they're fake fans and all of that. And I don't know. It just seems like everybody's on this Panthers bandwagon for no reason, no apparent reason. So I do like seeing them lose. Going back to the Calgary Edmonton series real quick. I just do want to say that, I mean, Connor McDavid ha- like, has to be the best player of all time in hockey at this point. I, I, I'm like, not, that's not even an exaggeration at this point. I don't know if like it's not watching all these games, but it's actually insane. It's, it's basically a one man wrecking crew. Like it, not to relate this all back to the Sabres, but I mean, if we win that lottery, like is, is things like a lot different in Buffalo right now? Right. I mean, that was the, that was the lottery of all lotteries. And and we're sitting here talking about McDavid being the best player of all time. And, uh, and simultaneously talking about how Jack Eichel is the most, you know, my most hated athlete of all time. It's like the biggest swing of all time. And it's just crazy to see what he's doing in the playoffs. He has like 25 points in like 10 games. Um, and it seems like every time he's on the ice, it's like impossible to contain. So it's crazy to watch. Um, I have the flame, like my, the flames were my cup pick to win the whole thing. So it's like tough to watch for me. I actually, I'm, I'm rooting for the flames just, you know, personally, cause I want to be right on that. I have them playing Tampa in the cup final. So my two teams are still alive, but flames need to figure out McDavid if they want to go any farther. This guy's just an absolute, Medicine. flames flames are weird man like i didn't watch too much of them in the regular season but everything i took like they read about them was that they were like locked down and, and play real structured hockey you know suitors their coach they got you know big physical team and everything dude oilers are like scoring at will on these guys i don't understand yeah, well where. it's literally McDav- mcdavid's beating them it's it really is he i think he's i would love to know the stats on how many goals that they've scored this series and how many he's either scored or assisted on because it's got to yeah. be like more than 50%. And I'm not, you know, blaming on that. I mean, they still have to do a better job overall, but I don't know. It, it seems like watching the Flames in the playoffs, it seems like I know Suter's had, you know, his two cups with the Kings. And I don't know, man. He doesn't make any adjustments. It, 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 he just yeah, rolls the same lineup out there. Like, 
you're watching what's happening. Especially, this is in the Dallas series, especially. They weren't scoring any goals, and you just roll the same exact lineup out there. And I, I kind of, his shtick is kind of getting annoying to me. He's trying to be like the Bill Belichick of the NHL with like yeah. how he answers interviews and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, yeah. we get it, dude. You're like a hardo. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I mean the final thing on that, and then is Markstrom, the goalie for Calgary, who's an awesome goalie all year. His numbers are, I guess, terrible against the Oilers. So he's like going through like mental hurdles all game as well. I think he's really struggling with that. And he's like letting in goals left and right too. So I don't know. That probably goes seven though. I'm still not like putting that one out. I think that's still going to be a long, hard fought series in, in general. But but my cup prediction looks pretty nice. I have Colorado? that. I have abs over lightning. Yeah, the abs look good. Um, I mean, the Bennington injury definitely helps out because he's been playing re- very well. So, yeah, but I mean, Colorado's a wagon. Yeah, but that was a good – that was going to be a good se- – I mean, I picked Colorado to win the series as well, um, and they are a wagon. And they, it, it, and I think – hey, I mean, I think if they win this series, which I think Bennington being out helps a ton. I mean, that w- they were basically the Leafs of the second round over the past four years. So the Leafs hasn't won the first round. You look at the Colorado Avalanche the past three years when they're the best team in the league winning the President's Trophy, they haven't won a second round in three years too. So, like, that's their – They also haven't been healthy, though. Like in the playoffs, but I I know what you're saying. Ha, have they not been healthy? I don't I don't know that off the top of my head. I thought last they've always been missing like a key piece or two. Either way, but, I don't know. That's just like the thing for the Colorado Avalanche is like they need to. But I mean, I think make around. I think McKinnon's easily the second best player in the league behind McDavid. He's a he's an absolute. Beast. So I did so I did my power rankings actually the other day for NHL players. Top okay. five. You, you want to hear them? <laughs> sure. Because McKinnon's top five, but he's not second to me. I got McDavid one. I got Hedman number two. I got Kale okay. McCarr number three. And then I got McKinnon number four. And then I got Matthews five. So, I mean, I threw a couple of defensemen in there. I don't know if you were like, that's kind of a curveball. I just, I would rather have McKinnon than Hedman. I think Hedman's easily no the best way, defenseman really? in the league. Yeah. I think, I think Hedman would be three in my list. Hedman, the thing is with Hedman is like I'd almost take him over McDavid. I wouldn't, but I almost would just because he plays like ten more minutes a game than any forward. He's just yeah, lugging. but I mean, he's just lugging. I, I know. I it's, it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a miles. Like it, it's. I think it's close, but I just think having a fran like he's a franchise defenseman, but having that franchise center is is more valuable in my opinion. And I think right. I think McKinnon is. He's he's right there with McDavid. I mean, he doesn't have that X factor that McDavid has, but I think he's right there. All right. Yeah. I mean, I I, I have him as my second best forward for sure. Um, all right. Well, that's some NHL playoffs. I guess we can move on to. Uh, it probably won't be to, you know too long of a conversation because I said it's hard to watch these games. But I mean, I guess it is kind of a surprise that the Amherst have been you know winning these playoff series. So obviously they won the playing series. Um, you know that was a few weeks ago, and then they just won. Uh, the I guess conference quarterfinals uh, last week in in five games, and that's one thing I didn't know either is that these these playoff series are five games until I think next round they go into seven game series. But um, they are in the next round. They're playing Laval, who is Montreal Canadiens AHL team. Uh, Gene Sebastian D is actually on Montreal's AHL team, so it's a little bit of a re- revenge series for uh, Sebastian D. Um, in game one of that series, which was a couple nights ago, as you guys are listening to this. Uh, Last night, they actually played game two, but two nights ago, they played game one. They got romped. I think 4-1 was the final score. Paterka 
let me tell you, Paterka is having an absolute Calder Cup playoff so far. I think he's got 10 points in the amount of games that they've played, which is two more than uh, the, the amount of games they've played, I think. Um, I think the big, the big question here is Jack Quinn hasn't really done anything. He has two assists, I believe, no goals in the playoffs. And I saw some things on Twitter. Maybe he's playing injured because he just doesn't look the exact like remotely close to the same player he was during the regular season where he obviously won AHL Player of the Year. So, I mean, if he goes from that to – you know, not really doing anything in the playoffs. It's something to question a little bit. Might be some injuries going on there. I'm still not really worried about him. He's going to be on the Sabres next year to start 100%. Um, but it is good to have Paterka playing well, regardless of, you know, Quinn playing well or not. These guys getting experience, I think, is the biggest thing. You got Krebs down there getting experience. It would be nice to have Samuelson play, but I'm glad that they're being timid on them and, and on him and would rather, you know, caution on the, you know, error with caution, I guess is the, t- the saying that they say. Um, but, and then who else do you got down there? I mean, UPL has been hurt, which sucks. Uh, it seems like the defense has been just getting lit up, but I mean, the fact that they're, you know, winning two playoff series, I think it's the first time since actually I did read this stat that this is the first time the, the, the Amherst have won, I think two playoff series since 2006, when the players on a team were like, J, like Jason Palmerville, Derek Roy, um, you know, Ryan Miller, like, which is a, which is almost like an omen, right? It's like the last time the Sabres were good was when the Amherst made it, you know, past two playoff rounds with all those staple player, players of the 2006-2007 team. Maybe it's a little bit of an omen now that this is the first time it's happening again with, like, Krebs and Quinn and Paterka, and then that, you know, hopefully catapults to a good Sabres team for the next few years. So it's just something to kind of look at. Um, I don't know. You probably haven't been able to, like, watch this game. Do you have any thoughts on anything going on with it, with, on what you've been seeing? Anything there with the Amherst? Um, not, not really because I haven't been able to watch, but, I mean – I do check in and try to, you know, keep myself updated on the scores or whatnot. Casey Fitzgerald seems like he's doing pretty well, though. Oh, Fitzgerald as well, yep. I mean, he seems like he's <clears throat> putting up some points, getting in the mix. So, it's you know, maybe you know maybe he's taking a step up. And is he is he going to be around on the Sabres next year? I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll see. So, um, I mean, again, yes, Amherst uh, won a couple playoff series and. I guess the last thing on the Amherst is it is cool to see that for their home games this, this postseason so far, Blue Cross Arena in Rochester has been absolutely packed, and that place has been looking. I went to one game, which was the planned game, but I haven't been back since then. And I know Dad and Mom. Are you going to go on Wednesday? I can't go on Wednesday, but if they win one of these games, I'll be there on Friday, I think. And I know Dad and Mom went to the game, home game last year, and they said it was just a crazy atmosphere. So. Just to get a little playoff feel there, um, I think it's cool. I don't know if I mentioned this on our podcast last time when we recorded. I don't know if um, it happened between last time and, and now, but the game I was at for the playing series, you had like Granado was there. Granado was in a suite there with Dylan Cousins, Bryson, uh, Malcolm Subban, mm-hmm. um, which is also like another topic that maybe we can talk about for, you know, further down the line is like Malcolm Subban seems like he's like, you know, we're just one of the best friends of all these guys. And I think his contract's up. So, I mean, there's been like rumors about PK Subban coming to the Sabres and that kind of thing, but that's for another day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's cool to see the Amherst playing well. And I don't know, hopefully they don't get stomped in game two again. Hopefully they can make this a series and I can go to one of these games. And, um, but I think they are overachieving. I'll say that much. I think the team that they beat in the last round was the one seed. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, but that roster though, I don't, I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So I think that kind of wraps things up here. Um, again, if you, uh, you know, forgot about at the beginning of the episode, we do have merch live on our website now, or sorry, not our website on the built in Buffalo website, which is B I B for the next two weeks. All of the money that we, you know, get from selling these t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, um, hoodies, coffee mugs, pine glasses, we will be donating 50% of it to the Buffalo Together Community Response Fund and the other 50% to the Buffalo 514 Survivors Fund. So 100% of the funds that we get will be going towards those um, funds. Um, so again, hopefully you guys can, you know, buy and donate. And if you don't want a shirt or something, still go to that website to donate. Um, I think it's something, you know, a great thing to do. Um, but that's just another update. And uh, I think that wraps it up, like I said. So episode 136 of One Before I Die is in the bag. Um, we are back again, and hopefully we'll be back, you know, again next week for another episode. So go Bills, go Sabres, as always, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. With the right from a light, think it's time we come clean. You and I can't deny that we've been stuck with cold feet. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.